Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Horsey Camps, <laughs> and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hamilton. <laughs> Don't flaunt your high nice voice in front of me. It's like for once you're just not even surprised about how many of those they really made. <laughs> I know. Yeah, made I was like, many? they made what, huh? Just the nonplussed camps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, you know, just got back home from a bachelor party in Vegas. So congratulations to Justin Camps. That's right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, my voice is a little messed up for this week's episode. He was just singing Phil Collins too loud. But if you're really <laughs> pissed off about my voice, you can email us at sequelrights at gmail.com or yell at us over social media in all caps uh, at sequelrights on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a review, you can exclaim the movie that you're like they made how many of these people need to know about this and we'll either talk about it in the air or we'll probably end up watching those movies that's right that's right that's the best way to get the suggestion is five stars it's a transactional fandom here <laughs> that's, that's right. what we like to support here <laughs> we because only accept stars because we're capitalists <laughs> here at sequel rights and we actually have a new review this week oh nice <laughs> yeah hey. um we got a review from user reading hicks uh from australia Good day. Uh, he hit us up on Apple Podcasts with a five-star review. Woohoo! And it's titled, The, all caps, Movie Sequel Podcast. He said, I found this show while looking for podcasts about Tremors, but had to stick around because these hosts are hilarious as they cover film series that offer diminishing and dubious returns. <laughs> Start with something you're familiar with and you'll be hooked. Yeah. Uh, that is the sweetest thing. Thanks for reading, Hicks. Yeah. Um, I think this guy's like been... You know, or a girl. I don't know if it's a girl. Yeah. Uh, but this person's been tweeting us a bunch on uh, Twitter, too, and hyping oh, us up. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, and um, remember, if you write about us on an international iTunes, make sure to take a screenshot like this person did so that we can see it. Otherwise, we will not know. That's right. <laughs> uh, and this week, we have a very special guest joining us. Mitch Thompson from Blind Covers is here in the office. Oh, sorry. I'm finishing up my uh, angry tweet. Hashtag uh, <laughs> <laughs> MAGA. Cool. All right. uh, anyway, hey, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I can't believe this guy's voice right now. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, Mitch. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Blind Covers? Um, so it's a music show. Uh, basically, I wanted an excuse to hang out with bands that I really liked, uh, and it's somehow worked uh uh basically we get a band or an artist in a recording studio and give them a lyrics to a song they've never heard and uh make them write a cover of it in an hour and there's lots of dumb interviews and uh ephemera but it, it's a lot of the music nice uh and you you have a new episode coming up this week right we do uh this friday uh the lead singer of my all-time favorite band, The Get Up Kids, oh, uh, Matt Pryor, is going to be on the show what? Uh, covering my favorite Regina Spector song, which you'll Ooh. have to wait and see what that is. Ooh, but, that's exciting. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, where can people find Blind Covers? Where can they find the episode? Um, YouTube.com slash Blind Covers. Uh, we managed to snag that. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, too. What's, uh, what's one of your favorite uh, episodes you've had? Um the last handful, so we like basically stopped doing the show for a year because uh, I got too busy and too depressed, uh, <laughs> and then uh, we came back. But uh, basically, any of the last like five or six episodes are my favorite we've ever done. Uh, we did an episode with a uh, 
Chris Farron from Antarctica Vespucci that was <laughs> a blast, uh, really great. And then uh, we just did um, an episode with Tiny Stills, um, who's incredible, and uh, my all-time favorite drummer, uh, Tony Thaxon of Motion City. Oh, nice. was also Dang. there for that. So it's, it's re- when I say that I have scammed myself into the way of, like, <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s, like, post-emo, uh, I'm... I, I, I'm really riding high off this grift right now. <laughs> That's incredible. And we're so happy to have you here because this is a cover song of a movie. <laughs> exactly. It, it actually sounds like the premise. They only had an hour and it was somebody that gave them a page of the script of the original Poltergeist and they had an hour to come up with it. Oh. And this is and this is what we're talking about today. I, <laughs> so I very specifically, um, I've never seen a Poltergeist film. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a real Poltergeist. I've never seen a real Poltergeist. I've... I'm very out of the conversation in in terms of horror films. I've never seen a Halloween oh. film. Oh, wow. I've never seen a Friday the 13th film. Never seen a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Uh, and I've seen one Poltergeist film. So this is kind of my judgment of all like late mid-century horror. Oh, my uh, God. And I got to say, guys... I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, anything to get you hooked. Yeah. This movie brings some really original stuff to the table. Uh, <laughs> did you see when the ghost came out the TV? Yeah. That is pretty cool. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Um, well, let's dive into Gil Keenan's 2015 cover yeah. <laughs> of Poltergeist. We didn't know where else to go. You did the right thing coming here. Maddie was the first one to notice things. Mom? How will you get here? Who are you talking to? When was the last time you had contact with her? Before she was taken? It's a fixer-upper. All the houses are like this in our price range. Do you want to see Jake? No way. You try. <laughs> we like this house. Oh god. <laughs> they like this house, Tyler. <laughs> was it with MGM putting the lion in every trailer? It was a ghost lion. Yeah, that was a late lion. <laughs> it was. Like, I know. Usually they're at the start here, but well. You know, the creators of this uh, this film thought, hey, if we change the name of the family, no one will notice. It's just a remake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the right off the top for this movie is, like, there is a wealth of talent here. Like, there's a lot of actors yeah. that I love in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and you got your Sam Rockwells. You got your Rosemary DeWitts. You got your Jared Harris's and... Uh, and and a and a, a an always wonderful Jane Adams. Yes, uh, I was so excited when she showed up, and I'm yeah. like, oh, somebody to bring some like very human levity to this right. film. And they get, uh, we'll get into that. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, behind the camera too, we've got you know, I was joking, you know, about Gil Keenan, but he directed Monster House. Yep, uh, which was really good, and we've got uh, Sam Raimi producing mm-hmm. this here. Mm-hmm. So really. Yeah, yeah. Ghost House is behind this one. Um, so also, yeah, I know you, Justin. I know you don't watch Succession, but do either of you guys watch it? Yeah, I want to. Cousin Greg is like a uh, cult favorite. So like uh, people mm. who listen to other podcasts and 
see film Twitter people that are obsessed with succession will recognize him. Nice. Well, yeah, like I said, we're introduced to a brand new family, the Bowens, moving into a new house. Bowens, the the they come from tractor money, the Bowens. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Rockwell works for John Deere, former tractor dad. <laughs> well, uh, very pointedly, uh, the woman asks where he works, and he says, "I work at John Deere." And then she she says, "Oh, what do you do there?" He says, "Well, I got laid off. Thanks yeah. for asking." He like, did it to her. Yeah. <laughs> say you say you're between jobs, man. Like <laughs> it's well, yeah. I, the thing. I don't know if you guys found this. The thing I found in this movie. Every single character from top to bottom is an enormous asshole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just unrepentantly, irredeemably, just terrible to other people. Although, Justin, I imagine you find this mm-hmm. little boy less annoying. I was wondering about that. Uh, I actually think he's probably just about as annoying. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, this is the movie where they decided to make Robbie be more of like the main character. Right. Yeah, he was so much the main character in the beginning of the movie that I was almost like, is he going to get pulled in instead of not Carol Ann? And like, yeah, I mean, the thing I didn't like about this kid is that the movie starts and nothing has happened. Right. No ghosts, no nothing. The kid walks up. First thing, he walks up to the house. He's just like, something's not right here. This room is weird. There's like all these scenes of him just going like. Just like crazy. staring at a closet and like tilting his head. Yeah, this like closet a, won't open. I don't know. I like think a confused Cocker Spaniel. And then I love that that uh, the trailer's like, Matt is the first one who noticed. Mm. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this kid had six scenes being like, are we sure we want to live here? Yeah. Give Griffin a little credit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was pretty perceptive to an annoying degree. Griff. Griff. By the way, this exact kid plays the younger version of Griffin Newman in The Tick. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. That's tremendous. Because I, I'm... Uh, Big uh, Griffin Newman fan, yeah. big Griffin McElroy stan. Uh, seeing this Griffin, I'm like, yeah, that really looks like yeah, a Griffin. I was like, thinking that too. <laughs> and then when I went to go look him up for the child star check in, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> so. But yeah, he, he's pretty much front and center. But uh, other than that, we have the same family dynamic as the first film the two parents. Uh, a teenage daughter and then a younger daughter. And the yep. Yeah, not Carol Ann. Her name is Madison. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Madison. <laughs> I would love it if they were like, Madison. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I was like, they never call her Madison. Barely I know, they, don't. they call her Maddie the whole time, which was disappointing. Oh, well. Yeah, so the house, the thing that's that's fun about this this movie, I think it's one of the few things, uh, for me at least, uh, is that it is a used tract home at this point. So it is a, a yeah. used, not a used home, but like it's their, they're the second owners, which is like even worse for like a horror movie. Like traditionally, it's like, it's like a, well, how, how, nothing ever happened to this house. It was built, people got bored with it, and they moved on. Like there could be nothing here. And there seems like they're, they're, this realtor at this point is like, oh, like the, the previous owner, like they, they wired the whole house, so it's all yeah, set up. He, he was a real technophile. Right. A what? Yeah. Technophile. <laughs> oh, oh. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, because I thought he said something different because he had a whole hole with a bunch of clown dolls. Stuff <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had to move out really fast. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like this, this plot point is part of like this whole, there's all these things in this movie that seem like they're trying to set up like a, 
like a universe for this film. Like maybe like they're trying to pop off with the conjuring universe right. or something like what happened to the family before what happened to the people that are in this movie later, that kind of thing. We'll get into more of these, but yeah. there's like all these tiny things throughout the movie that I was like, uh, okay, that never comes back. back. Like, are you just yeah. planning to hope there was another I feel movie? like this movie is like on the tail end of being like, we do remakes where we like reboot it and we don't care that much about what happened before. And then write like, Probably people have already started at this point, but being like, no, no, all the reboots and remakes have to be connected or have an homage they're, they're, or have a, yeah, half, you know. They're half boots. They're like right there on the cusp, but they didn't <laughs> yeah. quite make it to right. the better yeah. version. Yeah. The yeah. other thing, uh, timeline wise, where this film falls is it feels like this film was written right after the 2008 financial crisis, <laughs> but produced years after people had lost interest in telling those stories. Right. Because very early on, it's like, oh, there's going to be like a big foreclosure narrative here. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, the dad is terrible with money. Uh, but they just don't ever comment on any of that. And it, it, it it's just immediately dropped. And like, I had this anxiety through the whole second half of the film. And I'm like, that dad's still spending way too much money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think this research team is working for free. Like, I get your daughter is gone, but like, we have municipal resources for a reason. Yeah, I, I just jumped too far ahead. This is how privileged of a white person that I am. There's a scene in the movie where uh, uh, he basically goes to like he sees a mall in the rearview mirror, and I think that like Sam Rockwell's narrative, like his wife's like, oh, you should like go like coach the high school, and he's like, no, yeah. I'm gonna get a job that paid the same amount of money. And like he sees the mall in the rearview mirror, and then he comes into the house, and he's bought everybody gifts, and he's super excited about it. And in my mind, it was like, oh, he like swallowed his pride and got a job at the mall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No. And not, and not, he just not maxed the, out his yeah, credit card. Yeah, he just maxed yeah. out the third credit card, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, oh, that's on me." Yeah. <laughs> that was that was incredibly clear. Yeah. Which, at the end of the film, that's truly the cliffhanger for the next film: is that he has not gotten his spending under control. No. They're still buying another house. Yeah, yeah. they're I still don't... looking to buy a house. Who buys property now? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're recouping the investment of that abandoned home. No, no. they fucking destroyed it yeah. like real bad. And as we saw, I mean, you, you hadn't seen the other Poltergeist movies, but the second movie had a whole plot line of them trying to cash in on their insurance from the house, crushing the previous <laughs> house. Yeah. 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 See, the house gets pulled into another dimension. And so, like, Craig T. Nelson's yelling at them, and he's like, well, according to the insurance company, the house is just lost. (laughs) (laughs) It is not destroyed. Wait, it's the same family in the second film? No. Yeah. Wait, what? In the second Poltergeist. The second Poltergeist, yeah. 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 So, see, because I thought very early on, they're, like, I was like, this film could take a fast turn into a an Aaron Brockovich style system about a family <laughs> fighting against this improperly zoned electrical wiring that is messing with all of their home electronics, uh, and I feel like as, what based on what you're telling me about the original Poltergeist mm-hmm. two, that could very well be a great setup for the the Poltergeist two of 2020. Who do you, who do you cast as the eccentric ghost lawyer? Who's ready? Who's ready to, t- to dig into Tobin's spirit guide and really take it to the courts of this? Of like, oh no, like you've made an environmental hazard with these electrical fields. Oh man! Character actress Margot Martindale. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's actually amazing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hell yes. Make this movie. I decided to go a different direction with that than what you were pitching. Um, <laughs> speaking of casting, I guess. Um, 
I think we have some improvements, I guess. I mean, I think Sam Rockwell did a pretty good job. Like, yes. I know you guys really like Craig T. Nelson, but I think, like, the scene where Sam Rockwell is, like, actually crying and, like, begging, mm-hmm. like, Jared Harris to help them, and Jared Harris is like, if you don't believe, you know, that scene, like, it was really intense, and, like, he really showed that emotion well, I thought. Rosemary DeWitt, I didn't really care for as much as Joe Beth Williams. Oh, I like Rosemary DeWitt. Yeah. Really, I don't. I, don't I think know. that one of the things that the movie did really, really well is they kept the kind of realistic relationship of yeah. like these parents that are not perfect, and like that's something that's big in the first one. And I mm. think that they they did a really good job carrying that through and showing that they really love each other, but they also are kind of fuck ups. And I think in the original Poltergeist. That makes it all the more scarier because it feels real. Like, that's the whole point of it is, like, mm-hmm. these are real people and, like, they're, you know, they're smoking pot in their bedroom. And, yeah. You know, whatever it is. Uh, and in this, it doesn't have the same effect because you've seen real people in movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently she took the role after seeing The Conjuring because her husband, Ron Livingston, is in The Conjuring. Uh, and so she was like, oh, I want to do something like that. What a bust, man. <laughs> 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 It, it, it's very interesting to me that that was a dynamic with the parents in the first one, knowing mm-hmm. that, because watching it cold, all I thought was, these parents are awful. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I believe, I think it's very early on that they're, they're having a conversation in the bedroom where they're just like, yeah, I wish we didn't have our third daughter. Yeah. Like, she kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't like having her as a daughter. Like, But then they were like, but really, it'd be better if we could get rid of the middle son. Yeah. yeah. Now, how do Something's we... Something's wrong with him. Yeah, yeah and I was like, I, was like, I never should have abandoned Griffith the mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was never the same after yeah. that. It, it, like, now knowing that it feels like kind of a bad cover song where it's like oh we're playing all the same notes but we have there's no intentionality behind them yeah because it's like to Mm -hmm. me the Mm -hmm. unaccustomed viewer it just comes off as like oh they i don't like them yeah and if you had seen the first movie it's basically the same thing but with drones and gps tracking. well and and (laughs) and to extend that metaphor like the first one has all of this really gorgeous amazing practical effects that are just Mm -hmm. ornate and come through and it's like they're playing all those effects on like their casio where like it used to be like a full five-person band and it's just like (laughs) nope like we got i I got horns right here (laughs) (laughs) but it was like an 80 million dollar casio right (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) <laughs> it was very close encounter Z when that little piano started lighting up and stuff. And then there's yeah. a lot of floating lights that look very close encounter Z too. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's somehow rate like it's it is it is doing the cover song thing where it's going through the exact same beats. But in the first movie, uh the like instead of just static electricity being like, oh like this room's kind of staticky, uh it's things in the kitchen start sliding across the floor. Mm-hmm. And so it's this much more dynamic, crazy thing. And so this movie is essentially could do more with CG and get even crazier, but it is somehow smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like uh, I was waiting the entire movie for like, come on, where are these cool modern effects and right. stuff? I feel like they get there a little bit towards the end. Uh, well, a little bit more interesting for me than okay. what's happening before. Um, but, uh, yeah, the rest of it is just like every beat from the first movie is yep. in this movie. 
to there, this. Instead of the chairs stacking up, there's like a comic books house of cards oh, situation. Right. And then it like it looks cool, but then it like flies away and I'm like, oh my god, it's comic books. Like right. those weren't bagged, like they're all ruined now. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> and it's like it, it's played for it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's played for just like a cheap jump scare. Yeah. Basically. And it's and it's the seventh scene where Griffin's like like oh, so like let I'm me. I'm uneasy. Like, uh, Something like, weird's going, going on. on. Well, and kind of getting to like the practical effects versus digital effects thing. There, there was a big issue for me in this film of so much very, like, flashy cinematography of them really trying to, like, do a lot with the camera that totally undercuts the scares. Right. Mm-hmm. Did, like, yes. I, did you have that experience Absolutely. As well? Like, especially in that comic book scene mm-hmm. where instead of, like, a hard cut, it, it's like this, like, slow pullback, and it's like, what? All these <laughs> comics are standing up now. And it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, and I was, you know, it happened so fast, too. At first, I was like, man, those playing cards are really big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're stacked up just like that. And then I was like, oh, it's his comic books. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I guess he reads comic books? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because cool. he's you a total nerd. the extended cut? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Did everybody this watch film? that one? Yeah. I don't. I watch whatever is available to purchase on Amazon. Purchase or rent? To purchase because it would not let me rent this movie. What? (laughs) So I'm the now extended version only. (laughs) So you missed out on some extra family talking to each other scenes Ah. and a few uh, a few little gags like. Toy animals like sticking to the door, like magnetized. And that was mom, actually a cool. The mom scene, walks right? in and like they that. all fall to the ground. I did not see that. I I watched whatever version my girlfriend bought when it came out because Ooh. she loved this movie. Yikes! Oh, wow. Mazel tov. Uh, yeah. So there, yeah, there's, there's a few things. There's there. a fun scene where yeah, uh, you know they're they're dealing with the. Uh, closet creepy door. closet door that static electricity is your hair and stuff. Um, but uh, there's a scene where one of the parents, I don't remember which one, walks in and the camera shows like all these toys kind of like mm-hmm. lying on what looks like the ground. But it, the camera tilts and you see that it's on the uh, doors of the closet. And as soon as a parent like crosses the threshold of the room, they all fall. And it's just like a fun little mm-hmm. short thing. Yeah, so the things that were extra were that. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Rockwell attempting to play baseball with his incredibly yes, withdrawn son. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was like, hey, let's play catch. And the kid's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because he's like I don't know because it's fun. Uh, the <laughs> mom it in the tree <laughs> drops an earring behind the washing machine and then like sticks her hand down there and it comes out covered in like nasty black goop and like she doesn't really tell anyone or do anything about it. Mm-hmm. See, uh, I feel like that would happen if I reach behind my washing machine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, um, they argue about the his spending um, in bed while he's making the squirrel trap and then. Uh-huh. Um, See, I needed that in this yeah. film. I needed yeah. somebody to acknowledge, hey, this sucks. This is crazy. Why yeah, are you doing, doing this? But, yeah. but, but, like, it wasn't enough. She okay. was like, why did you do that? God, why do you always spend money? And then she's like, no, but I know it's tough for you. Okay, yeah, whatever, Mr. Best. White Man. Yeah. Um, and then there's a scene where uh, Jared Harris goes down and, like, uh, examines the goop in the basement. Mm. Yeah. Oh. What does he say? Is he, like... He just, like, smells it, and he's like... Bleh. <laughs> wasn't the um saying like, oh my god the whole reactor was blown wasn't the, wasn't the whole like uh um scene where they're like flirting in the bedroom also in the extended cut only or yeah did that's you what that? i just said no i that was in my cut oh okay, sure. okay yeah okay. Great, great great yeah i think it's the second one 
yeah. after he bought the presents. Where, where he's like, uh, they're trying to take his pants off and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Griffin's like, there's a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's trees everywhere, kid. Go yeah. Also, a really dangerous plate glass window suspended over your bed. <laughs> I feel like that should not have been real glass. I love that shot. That shot when it breaks and it shows yeah. his face like, ah, and you think like, oh God, the glass is going to break his face. And yeah, rip I, it I thought he was going to die. Nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> that, that led to a long Google rabbit hole of me, sh- of me searching, uh, are skylights plexiglass? Yes. <laughs> Is my ceiling tree proof? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that looked like no. I would move my bed. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So no one, of, one of the few references to the original movie that I actually did like. I thought the, you were like one of the few references to the original movie. And I was, yeah, like, I was like, what like, are you talking? About? No, That's no, all no. this movie was. <laughs> one of the ones I did actually think was funny was that the teenage daughter is watching like a ghost hunter show and Jared oh, Harris yes. is the guy and his line that he says at the end of each episode and the hashtag in the yep. corner of the screen is like, this house is clean. <laughs> like, just like Tangina. Yeah, 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 that is the, the best reference. Movie. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, I did like hashtag this house is clean and I plan to put that on our social media. So, which I, I really loved the take of Jared Harris being like kind of a hack ghost hunter, like television ghost hunter. But I cut like, especially once he showed up, I wish they had gone further with it. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I really wanted him to be this like total washed out douchebag that has to really redeem himself. Mm -hmm. Uh And I kept thinking like Jared Harris is an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. um, But I kept thinking what a different film this would be if somebody like Christoph Waltz were playing (laughs) the like, or like even like put Johnny Knoxville in there. Oh man. Really give it like, (laughs) get it like an, a real Ed Hardy douchebag who has to to really reckon with this poltergeist. Like, I don't know. Jared Harris was being just too genial. Like like you want it, you wanted to see him like roll up, be like shitty, try to make it a TV show, a bunch of beer cans come out of his van. But like, (laughs) but you can tell like from his relationship with uh, uh, the other researcher or like what, like whatever they have. At one point he believed in it. At one point he could, he had some talent for this, but it's long gone and he has to like, find that again yeah i think Mm -hmm. that's probably like possibly my favorite scene in the movie yeah uh where you get a little bit of that more like character for jared harris where he says something that reveals that you know jane adams character dr brooke power powell they used to be married right Mm -hmm. and like she didn't want kids and then it goes off into this whole thing about them kind of like fighting each other a little bit and he's like yeah but she still misses me. And she's like, no, I don't. <laughs> that, that whole kind of like interaction was like a, just a great. It was, it was really good. Yeah. yeah. And that's another dynamic that I, I, I can feel was like really great in an early draft of the script. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like right. a lot of that was there. And then through like studio notes and test audiences, they were like, well, we don't really like this Jared Harris guy. He seems like kind of a jerk. And yeah. they like be it through reshoots or rewrites kind of like, evened everything out mm. and so everything was just right at the same pitch yeah i think you're probably right yeah sad i'm just realizing like with jane adams too like there's a lot of twin peaks uh people mm-hmm. in this series <laughs> that's right <laughs> maybe more than we've had i don't know but we'll have to go back through and find which franchise has the most twin peaks actors <laughs> Well, the 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 legacy show puts it over the top yes yeah, fair enough yeah reason. yeah so <laughs> um 
Yeah, what else? I mean, oh if you've God. seen Poltergeist, the same stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same stuff happens. The daughter uh, gets taken into the closet. There is one scene where there's a, a glowy light, uh, and they, they have, like, like, one of the things that's really cool about the first one is that there's a moment where, like, people are in awe of this. Like, they're not always scared. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, wow, like, there's something spiritual we don't understand. And, like, it's beautiful for, for some of them. And so there's th- one scene where there's a glowing light, and the kids are like, wow. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Uh, and I like, and it's it's them just kind of like, yep, hit that note, like, yep, sense of wonder. Check. I mean, yeah, they don't have that. Like, there's that whole majestic scene in the first film where the ghosts are coming down the stairs. It's the it's the most Spielberg scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, it's a lady ghost. And yeah. then it's like I mean, a I guess maybe the <laughs> scene of the kids doing the static electricity and the hair and they're laughing and they're actually like legitimately having fun is sort of like that. Well, that yeah. that's the I feel like that's the stand-in scene for when she's being dragged across the floor oh, and like right. the chair stuff. Yeah, you're and right. it's like that's a cooler effect. Like even in in like the, the they're doing the whole beat where the the paranormal investigator like the intern or whatever Ugh. and he's like I used a time-lapse camera and felt like had something, you know, drag across the floor over 8 hours and Sam Rockwell is basically doing an impression of Craig T. Nelson's yeah. exact delivery uh, of this, and then they go to the the room, and in the original, like every, it's like a vortex. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. in the room is just spinning, and it's this awesome practical effect. And in this one, it's like one little a like t chair just flies <laughs> flies across the room, and it's like oh. Like, but, it's been 20 yeah. years. And like, he never gets, like, better. a, con- a comeuppance, really. I mean, yeah, he gets his arm pulled into the closet and the whole scene with the drill, but nothing actually happens to him, so it's like... Yeah, man. and I guess the drill scene is, like, a stand-in for the stake and the ripping off the face yeah. scene. Yeah. When well, apparently this was released in 3D also, so the drill could oh, yeah. come oh. right at you. Oh, boy. There was even... I mean, there there was a little, literal reference to the, like, face-ripping off scene when uh, Sam Rockwell yeah. was, like, mm-hmm. washing his hands and sees... Oh, his, yeah, yeah. Sees his, this is just a weird... Why would you do this in this moment? Like, you see this really warped, super tiny reflection in the <laughs> sink faucet. Why not do it somewhere where you can actually see what's happening? For a split second, I was like, what's going on? Because it's, like, so tiny in the screen. Like, just seems yeah, like a yeah. weird uh, staging for that moment. I'll, I'll say that was a weird moment that kind of worked for me. Because mm-hmm. because I have... I, I Through cultural osmosis, I do know that original scene. Mm-hmm. Right. But... It felt like the one moment where this film was holding something back a little bit, and I appreciated that. Mm. And I was like, I wish you could do this a bit more because, like, mm. it goes so big so fast. <laughs> I feel like we're twenty minutes in, and a living tree is dragging a child yeah, through yeah. the house, and, and it's like, and the parents roll up and they see it happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of what happens in the other movie too, right? <laughs> and they're like, which child do we save? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys think about Piggy Horn? Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, I really liked Piggy. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was a cute toy that that uh, and uh, it, it made sense. It made you. I liked it. I liked the scene where it rolled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, it rolled how, real how, cute. How it, how it tempted her had tempted her into the closet. I thought was re- like worked very well. And then yeah. the Joseph Escamilla memorial question: Were you sad that there was no dog? <laughs> yeah, no pets in this one. Yeah, no pets at all. Uh, I mean, Justice Right, that dog didn't do shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it. <laughs> no dog. Although they still had to have the ASPCA there to monitor the animal action of the squirrel, oh, apparently, yes. because in the end credits, I was like, 
what animals? And then I was like, oh, the squirrel. I did. So the squirrel scene was actually pretty awesome because, like, the kid's scared. And he's like, oh, come on, bud. Like, there's nothing scary in there other than, like, your trap door full of clowns. Um, which is like, no, that is. Never addressed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never addressed about. and terrifying. Um, yeah, like, oh, he's a bit of a technophile, and he has a clown hole. Like. <laughs> he's a real nice guy, though. When he moved to town, he went door to door to introduce himself to everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did not think that the clown scene was anywhere near as good as the first no. film, obviously, but I did enjoy the little bit of moments where he was like following the sounds around in his room. Right. And every time he would get to the, like where the sound was coming from, it would be just a split second of like the clown dog going, boom, yeah. just hitting the ground. And I thought that was just, this like, was, this image. was the, the, uh, the Sam Raimi portion of the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that clown's like the icon of a movie. It's like the poster and the blue right. cover. It's like, why? There's so little clown in this movie. Yeah. Right. I, and I, yeah, that was what, that was actually another scene that, kind of worked for me oh, because yeah. it was another scene where it's holding back from you. Yeah. It's like very early on it's like oh we're going to like tease you with stuff and then it's like no we're going to give you everything right now. You know what another scene where they held back is where they flew a drone into the other world and there was a mass body like okay, mass now, ball of bodies. I thought that looked fl- cool. Okay. Ooh. I think of all cool the other things like, we've seen. Yeah. When they okay. were like hidden in shadow and like far you know and a massive like wall tunnel of bodies but when like later on when the body like comes out of the lawn I'm like oh that looks like crappy yeah. Halloween oh, story yeah, you know but did. like but yeah in the other world through the drone camera shadows and everything I was like okay that's pretty scary. Well this is this is just a moment where um you know the first movie, we don't see anything of the other side. Right. Uh, we see the other side in the other side. Right. Um, and also <laughs> Poltergeist 3. It. And so this movie, you know, so far we've seen pretty much everything looks exactly the same. Like, you know, the clo- a little bit, sometimes the portal in the closet looks cool yeah. in this version compared to the previous ones. But now, like, all of a sudden we're going to the other side and I was like, okay, now I'm interested to see what they do with this. Like, mm-hmm. Is it going to just look like a a white light and green screen like they did before. And so I thought it was really cool that it was like this gross mass of bodies. Yeah. And you see that like, uh, you know, as you go further in, you're like, Oh man, this is just the house. And they even be are way more explicit with it. Yeah. The drone later on, but this is the house and the walls are literally lined with like creepy, gross bodies that Mm -hmm. are like clawing at the walls. And it was a very, um, they're just putties, putties waiting to be released by Rita. It's a a very like silent hill type moment where it's like, Oh, this is what the dark world looks like. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, as much as I thought the drone was a stupid, like, yeah, it's the modern times thing. Um, I like that moment when uh, Griffin, like, is looking through the drone camera and then brings it down in the, you know, hallway that they're in. Right. And he sees that, oh, this is like what the house looks like normally. And here it is in the other side. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was just kind of a creepy, cool thing. It was a it was an interesting way to go with it. They could have just been like. It could have just been that same color and uh, no bodies all over the wall. Yeah, and stuff. I. Now that you said it was a 3D movie, that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this scene because like I, I imagine that it would have a lot of texture and depth to it. I didn't think it looked super great, and it irritated me. Yeah, I, I remarked to the friend I was watching this with that it felt less like 
a, a horror film and more like a low stakes action film. Yeah. Because there's so much spectacle and knowing that it's in 3D, a lot of that really fits together for me because yeah. it is like sort of a, a, a really lackluster visual feast for the eyes at the end. And yeah, well it's like, it's tough. Cause I think, you know, the, I, I think the series is mostly known as being like a spectacle based, like yes. family horror mm. genre kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel like it's known mostly for its crazy visual effects. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what they were trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, they might have, I, I don't know how they worked on it, but maybe they went through things like, oh, what have we seen in the other movies? What can we try to, in, quote unquote, improve right. on? And maybe this was something where they're like, oh, we can make this really cool. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how the um, the H.R. Giger designs for Poltergeist 2 didn't quite match his vision. And I feel like, there was a little bit of this in that because there was a whole great beast thing that was supposed to be like a bunch of bodies and heads coming out that didn't quite work in that movie. Yeah. And I feel like they got to bring a little bit of that back and like mm-hmm. just the mass of bodies and right. Yeah. Grossness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Here's my question. Why did they start the drone downstairs instead of just starting? I it thought that same big thing. question. Yeah. Because yeah. like, Griffin had to do one good thing. In this movie, <laughs> no, he, he, then he jumps in there later. Yeah. That's the second good thing. Yeah, I rolled my eyes about that too. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, just from a battery life standpoint, right? Yeah. Like, I was also like, they have no idea if it's gonna. How do we know that it's not gonna go through the portal and just immediately stop working? Right, which how, would make sense. How far does the like you know antenna for that thing? Well, you know work? what? There's only way to find out, and that's to try. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're going... And to believe in yourself. Bye. <laughs> Buy Ghost Brand, Ghost Drone. Send us a drone and we'll film a YouTube video (laughs) (laughs) testing this out. As soon as we find the portal to the other side. That's right. We'll just follow follow Jared Harris. Which, yeah, so you're right. Like, Jared Harris, it does really really does feel like it is trying to do world building because Jared Harris at the end of it is just like, oh, I'm the only one who can lead them into the light. Yeah, there's all these weird things that get unresolved. Right. And you're like, oh, well, that was really kind of lazy... Yeah. And also it kind of makes it feel like, you know, it was to, so unresolved to the point where I was like, did I not often miss a scene at the end here? Like, <laughs> yeah. like what happened with Jared Harris? <laughs> and, and it's this big redemption moment, but we don't know what he's being redeemed for. Yeah. Like it, it's, oh, he's got a pretty successful career on television. Uh, he's on good terms with his ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who is a successful researcher, like things seem to be going pretty great for him. It's not like it would be interesting if he, you know, cause there's this whole thing about, you know, him like revealing all these scars and stuff on his body. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like they wanted to cut that jaws scene of them comparing <laughs> scars throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> which, which one of my big gripes with this movie is uh, late in the film. Uh, he remarks that one of his scars is from a boom operator who yeah. fell asleep during a take. <laughs> I work in film sets. There is never a boom operator who has fallen asleep during the take. That thing is too heavy. It takes too much concentration and focus to, yeah. to keep steady. That was that pulled me out of the movie, and I was done with it at that moment. You're like, no. Impossible. Well, that's what I was saying. Like he he makes this big deal about like, oh, that's a story for another time. And right. I was like, uh, at first I was like, oh, great, another sequel setup. Um, but uh, he tells the story. But it would be so much more interesting if like, what if um, when he first started out uh, doing this, he was like a total scam. And right. He went in to try mm-hmm. to save some people, 
And since he didn't really know what he was doing, fucked up and someone died or, you know, something right. where he does feel like he has to atone for something. Uh, and so maybe the first one was a fake. And then as he went on, he started like actually practicing what he preaches right. or whatever for real. Mm-hmm. His atonement, though, is completely undercut by the fact that he doesn't atone. He survives. And mm-hmm. then like, well, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what it, 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 it's like. Yeah. Is that happened or is that middle that middle credit sequence? Just like this was a funny thing that we filmed from earlier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I seem to because the, it ends where they're like, oh, his GPS is back. And then, and then there's a mid credit scene of him filming the show again with Jane Adams now there. Yeah. Right. So. It's just such a weird yeah. ending. Yeah, I don't know. Very weird, very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it gives us another chance to have a blue beam in the sky, as we all, yeah. as we all love for no reason. <laughs> Actually, there's parts of the end that I like. It, it, again, follows the same exact trajectory of the first film where they're like, everything's fine and we're done. Right. <laughs> and uh, this time, as they're about to leave in the car, uh, I was about to say Caroline. <laughs> Maddie is like, Madison. Madison. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, they didn't go into the light because I didn't take them there, so they didn't know where it is. So they didn't leave. And they're like, oh, fuck, get out of the car. Yeah. And the car starts to like get compacted. And I was like, oh, shit, this is the like house imploding scene. Right. But they're now like stuck in this car. And I loved the like dynamicness uh, of this scene where like the car starts getting pulled and then it flips and everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? And it gets dragged into the house. Mm-hmm. And I thought like that was a fun little, little, you know, I was like living for the tiny changes in, yeah. in what happens <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to the first film. And I liked that kind of setup for the scene. That was a moment I really would have loved and respected if it was a movie I wanted to see any more of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, if you've seen the original though, you know that, once they pull her out, that can't be it. There's mm. got to be a, what? you know, like at the end, big scene. So, And there was like a really, I mean, it looked kind of stupid, but I was also like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like the scene when uh, Madison is like somehow she's out of the car or whatever, and then she's like sitting in the house, mm. and she's like, mommy, something's wrong. And then like gets insane pulled like oh, up yeah. the wall. Upside and down. Up kind of like what happened to the mom in the first movie. Yeah. She's yeah. like flipped over in a second. Yeah, and I thought that looked kind of fun. Which kind of ruled, yeah. 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 Because, <laughs> you know, like you're not often seeing children in crazy danger like that. And so it's kind of fun. This movie also didn't have the mom just taking a random bath. Also, you know what? This movie this movie broke broke the rules. Once you come back from the other side, you got to get in a bathtub. They did. They did. What are you talking about? Oh, they about? did. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I was like, that's one of the things they that they... specifically yeah. like drew the bath in advance yeah. and had it And ready. he's like, get up to the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Even I knew that. that. <laughs> yeah, and then their skin changes color <laughs> when they come back to life. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> um... Uh, if I, I I have a bunch of notes that I really want to put point out, but yes. uh, the big <laughs> one is that uh, uh, Jared Harris just has a briefcase full of rope, <laughs> and it's just one big length of rope. Right. And as far as I can tell, that's the only thing in that briefcase. <laughs> and I really gotta respect the dedication to that. This yeah, the whole the Hand whole me the attaché. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the whole the whole rope and the portal thing. This is like you know. So closely following the original, I was like, what is the point of this? Like they couldn't have figured out a different way for there to, for them to like interact with the other side and all this stuff. Like, I just don't understand the point of it being so exactly the same. Like would we're you, still going to put a rope on both sides. Would you have and, felt better if it wasn't like an old maritime rope and it was some sort of like nylon bouldering rope? 
Well, there's, like, just figure out some other... This is, this is the level of changes that are happening in this movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and what if, what if instead of a ghost hunter, Jared Harris was like a cool rock climber from Austin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't know anything about ghosts. But he did some peyote once. <laughs> I would like that. I would like that. He went to Burning Man every year before those Silicon Valley corporate sellouts ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, there's like, it's just like beat for beat. The whole like arguing about who's going to go to the other side to save Madison. He's like, I can go to the other side and he just does a bunch of salvia. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's the same scene except that the kid goes instead. Who cares? Right. The mom's like, she won't listen to anyone but me. I know. It's like, she's not a dog. Like, she specifically <laughs> said, like, she won't come to anyone but me. I'm like, pretty sure she will to get yeah, out of there. Uh, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, the daughter you wish you didn't it's have? Yeah. <laughs> and then they all took a lesson from the mom in Poltergeist Legacy and lost the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, there's three kids in this movie. Mm. Uh, they are all alive. Thankfully, uh, none of them have died. As of, as of the recording. Yeah. yeah. Of the poltergeist curse. Yes. Um, so Kennedy with an I, Clements or Clements, uh, is Madison. Um, she's in Pup Academy and she's been in Wayward Pines. And she recently competed with her crew, the Minibots, on World of Dance Season 3. The Minibots. Minibots. Yeah. I thought you were going to say in like Battle Bots. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, shit, that's that cool. But she no, it seems the like Shredinator. she, she may uh, end up being more into dance than acting at some point. But she also, before this movie, was the star of Jingle All the Way 2. Oh. So who knows? Hmm. We could revisit that at some point. Um, Turbo Man. Kyle Catlett, who I already told you uh, played... Young Arthur and the Tick. He's in some other movies and TV shows. Now that this is pretty recent, all these kids have like verified Twitter, verified Instagram, verified. So it's like not that exciting. So they're really taking off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Saxon Charbino, who played the older daughter, whose name was. Kendra, <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> Babysitter. Yeah. Um, I did like that she at least got one moment of being tortured by the ghost. Yeah. Which did not happen. In she didn't original. disappear to college or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, she has been on Lucifer and she oh. is on American Vandal. Nice. Oh, nice. So. Did you guys, uh, uh, so since since you guys just had the digital copies or whatever, you didn't get to see the alternate ending? Oh, no. what's the alternate ending? Oh, man. Is it a prequel for Three Billboards? It's dumb. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So I'm watching the alternate. It's like a minute and a half, right? And the end- <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> He just, all of a sudden, he's like, "I hate black people." <laughs> no, no, no. That that's in a that's in two billboards. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so the alternate ending. It it has the whole lead up to like. Oh God! Where did uh, where did Kerrigan go? Where where is he? Oh look, his GPS is in the house. And then after that is where the new scene starts. It's the family driving to wherever mm-hmm. they're headed. All of a sudden, um, uh, Kendra's phone rings and it's all glitching out and mm-hmm. it says unknown caller. It's like, and she's like, Oh my God, Dad, look! And Sam Rockwell takes it and just throws it out the window. <sighs> And they drive off, and they're like, yay, happy ending. But then the camera, like, you know, goes back behind the car and finds the phone on the ground. And 
we see that somehow the phone has been answered, <laughs> even though he threw it out the window. And it's like Kendra's friend on the phone, and it's still glitching out. And she's like, oh, my God, you won't believe what happened. And then it cuts to black. But what happened? That is so <laughs> stupid. I know. I was like, what is it even supposed to mean? Well, is it, like, it's, so it's supposed to be Craig T. Nelson wheeling the TV out of the hotel room? I guess, but then it sets up some, like, what? Like, something weird happened to her friend? Right. Who... Is not even an entity in the movie. Well, that does remind me of my favorite horror scene that involves a teenage friend. Mm-hmm. And that is in The Grudge 2, where <laughs> they go downstairs, and it's the whatever cheerleader friend, and she's now, like, maybe possessed. He's like, oh, it's like, is, is my daughter here? Is she okay? And she just sits there, like, dead-eyed, chugs a gallon of milk, <laughs> and then starts throwing up, and then we never see her again. <laughs> I gotta see The Grudge, too. Yeah. That movie sounds fucking awesome. So maybe it's maybe it ties in that way. I think they're both Platinum Dunes movies. So, <laughs> so is it okay? Can we talk kids for a moment? Yeah. Um, That's all we do on this show. Yeah. Like the previous so owner I'm of legally, this house. So I'm legally required to tell you guys. Um, no, I... I have a clown hole. <laughs> So, I one of the things that bothers me with modern horrors is how they use children. Mm -hmm. Because I I feel like very early on, like kids were used in horror films as a contrast to the eerie stuff going on. Like obviously, themes of innocence run throughout. Mm -hmm. I feel like kids have become such a shorthand that kids are supposed to feel inherently creepy Mm -hmm. and i don't think you can use that as i don't think you can use that as a shortcut anymore because you need a kid to be uh my big problem with griffin in this film is that he's supposed to be a nervous kid Mm. i was a nervous kid and i didn't act anything like this You're not running into the other dimension to save yeah. someone's life. No, I mean, like, especially early. I'm not like, it, I couldn't tell if Griffin was supposed to be like morose or possessed. Right. Like, <laughs> it, you're nervous to be around him. Yeah. That, yes. <laughs> and like, it, 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 it's this. It felt like he and Maddie were playing the exact same character the entire film, mm-hmm. which was just very silent, uh, still child character, which is supposed to convey uh, eeriness. But yeah. I like it. it I, wh- what were your thoughts? I think that that it, I think that you're right. It is something that's become a shorthand, and it's something that if you're having the kid do all the heavy lifting of like this is what's eerie, and it's like oh the kid's whispering, and that's like oh that's really weird. Um, and, and we've had this you know in Chucky, and we've had this in in some of the other movies. People do it. I think that it's it's if you have a good enough actor and you've defined the character well enough, you can get away with it because there's a contrast of when they start acting that way mm-hmm. and. When it's basically just a stereotype, it's just an archetype of like, oh, no, creepy kid, something creepy's going on. I mean, it's 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 lazy writing. It's I like, think... I don't have to write anything. I just like go in there and act creepy, Griffin. Yeah, this Griffin was creepy the entire time and never really changed. Uh, Madison, I could tell they were trying to make her like more perky and funny in the beginning. She was like, shut right. up, you asshole, or whatever. Like That's like our first line, I think, in right. the car. Uh, but the, we didn't have enough time with her as pre-possessed right. Car- not Caroline God Madison before See, uh, it's, yeah. hard. it's hard <laughs> uh, I miss Caroline 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 okay get out of my system Caroline <laughs> yeah Caroline Caroline <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, we didn't have enough time with her prepossession to really notice the change. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in the original film, both kids were kind of rowdy and silly mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you know juvenile before becoming like horrified. Yeah, it's all the result of the hard work of the anti-child lobby. Trying to make people just think kids are creepy. It might be. It may have worked because apparently, you know, millennials aren't having children or whatever. I just think that's crippling student debt. Look, I got to say, I really love Beto's child buyback plan, though. (laughs) (laughs) We will go door to door. Yes, we will come for your children. Unwanted children. Oh, uh, hey, the the old homeowner's back. Yeah. The uh, the the kid who plays uh, Griffin Kyle Cat Catlett like you could I mean no offense to him but you could tell he just like wasn't up to the yeah. like, acting chops that he needs there's that that scene where Jared Harris's character is like I'll tell you that story as long as you don't get killed and then he's sitting on the couch and he's just like okay <laughs> and you're supposed to be like you know he's supposed to be conveying like that was an awkward moment but he's yeah. just like blank slate like. What? Yeah, he's Which, not making it funny or weird. It's like no, yeah. Which, as a as a nervous child, I I feel like that that kind of statement coming from a grown up should worry him. Like I, <laughs> right. I feel like that's the kind of sarcasm that uh, is is gotten by movie children, but should totally go over a child's head. Right. Yeah. Like he should be like, "Mommy, the guy wants to kill me." Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that would have made Jared Harris like more of a fuck up and more interesting as a character. Like he's just like, oh, he has no idea how to be around kids. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any other scenes you guys wanna um you guys wanna point out before we uh start wrapping things up on the poltergeist franchise? Let's do a rating. Mm-hmm. You got a rating? Oh. Uh, it, oh it's not it. a scene, but uh very early on I I thought uh what an interesting film this would be if after Maddie disappears they drop all paranormal subject matter and it just becomes a kitchen sink drama about parents dealing with the loss of a child. And yeah. I was like, oh man, it'd be great if this uh, became like Rabbit Hole, like a much better <laughs> play and film. And in my research, I found this was written by the same man who wrote Rabbit Hole. What? what? Yes. The which is a wild, uh, depressing, but also sometimes funny drama about parents dealing with the the death of their young child. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a much better film than uh, Poltergeist, uh, but uh, the sequels don't hold up as as well. Um, but that's uh, crazy. Like I would have loved to see them do that. Then it's just it's, it's a flash forward, and like it's like the, whatever lie they made up. Like they just never found her, and like it's like it's like oh yeah, coming yeah like yeah, like and, they, and like they, like they, it's it's them just dealing with the lie, and like they can't like they they know they didn't do anything wrong, but then they start to believe like maybe we did, like maybe we lost her somehow. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like it's just and then and then like she comes back, like or they can hear something, and it's like that would be amazing. I would love to see that, like a twenty year hard cut. <laughs> that would be. Fun. Well, and, and as soon as they realize Maddie's gone, they jump very quick to ghosts. Right. Because they oh. talked to her on the TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, but also, it, it's immediately ghosts and then Sam Rockwell being, uh, yeah, no cops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. In well, the original movie, we skipped that conversation. Which I think is better. Is better. Yeah. Yeah. This, the conversation did not need to be had. She was hysterical in a weird way and it didn't come off right the way he was like telling her not to call the cops. And- I got priors yeah, yeah it was better to just jump to them going to the paranormal that is the best thing that i can say about the original 
movie is that it the way that it cuts and skips exposition and skips needless things and it's just like okay like i have to figure out what's happening now and and it makes it so much better than having this like oh no no cops we can't do this or we have to talk about this we have to talk about that thing like it's just like nope like you saw that now it's like two days later ostensibly and like there you you can tell that they're just sleep deprived and and that stuff has happened in between like it's not like that the movie just made a weird cut it's having you fill in the blanks mm-hmm. yeah I, I, yeah i also don't another thing i really didn't like about this movie is that they just totally like uh kind of fast forward and kind of botch the reveal of how um the house was built over oh, yeah. a cemetery yeah. that got moved so they they find out that like they find out at a dinner party hearsay from their neighbors that there apparently was a cemetery here uh, and that they moved the bodies and they're like, Oh cool. That's nice. Like that was a little creepy, yeah. but they moved the bodies, whatever. Um, and then the way that it's revealed later that they didn't move the bodies is that Jared Harris's character says, I have a theory that they didn't move the bodies. You yeah. guys. Like, oh, I think that's what's happening here. And it's not like in the first movie, it was this whole plot line of like bad, you know, Corporate American okay. business, yeah. like no, there's that ama- there's that amazing scene where Craig T. Nelson is with his boss, and like his boss is like, "We want to give you a raise, like we want to yeah. do this stuff," and then like that's where he figures out, he's like, and it's like this, yeah, yeah. it's this heavy reveal, and he's like, he's like, "Oh my god, you didn't, you piece of shit, you didn't move the body, yeah. like what the hell, you only moved the gravestones." It's like this huge thing, like what, yeah, uh, and then this movie is just like Jared Harris, yeah, he's just like, yeah, he's just like, I, I, think-, I think this is what happened, <laughs> anyways. There's ghosts here, so why don't we just go deal with the ghosts? Yeah. That's all you gotta get scared. Grab about, me right? my rope, brief. Case, yeah. <laughs> Which also, I'm gonna lasso some ghosts. Did everybody else in that subdivision just kind of learn to deal with it? Like, is this the only house that it was has a very ghosts? small but dense cemetery? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it went, went, it went, it went all the way down. Yeah. The bodies the were all buried standing yes. up. Yeah, <laughs> I just went to the Paris catacombs like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it was like that exactly. Uh, one last thing, I'd love to give props to uh, the CGI team on this mm. film for um, uh, editing out Sam Rockwell twirling his keys on his finger <laughs> through every scene. Uh, just doing the most Sam Rockwell <laughs> Sam Rockwell performance through this whole film. Yeah. There was a moment where I almost thought they were going to, they were doing a callback to the uh, Craig T. Nelson drinking yeah. worm thing. Um, but that's where they do the face uh, melting stuff. I, I did like that where he would, like, look, he was about to get drunk and then his, there was a really great scene between the two of them and she was like, no, like I need, like I fucking need you right now. And he was, then he dumped out all the booze. Yeah, Whereas Craig nice. T. Nelson would have been like, oh uh, yeah, I'm going to throw it out. And then like, as she left. And I'm going to get possessed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not out there fighting crime as, a, as Mr. Incredible. That's right. <laughs> uh, I feel like that the rating system has to be clown holes. I was going to say, yeah. uh, <laughs> how many hidden clown holes? Yeah how, many, yeah. how many hidden clown holes would you give Platinum Dunes' 2015 Poltergeist. And this is out of 10. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I think I got to go with like two. Oh my God. I was going to maybe say three, but uh, no, I'll say three because I do like some of the effects. I know you don't like the writhing bodies and everything, Yeah, but like I said, I was like starving for anything different in this movie. (laughs) So like that kind of thing, I just was like, Oh man, they kind of, Got a chance to play up some of the Giger stuff from two, and um, I thought it was a fun idea. Uh, the rest of it is just like, why make this movie? 
I don't understand um, why it's just totally basically exactly the same mm-hmm. as the first it's film. exactly the same but worse yeah there's just no reason for it to exist like and it and it bums me out that all these awesome people this was a movie that like i wanted to go see when it came out and then i heard it was just bad because uh yeah at the time i was like oh man jared harris is awesome he's he, mm-hmm. he's in fringe i, I love i love that show and everything and Mad Men. um and then yeah i never went to go see it because it was bad and now i know why yeah. <laughs> i sh- shouldn't have seen it in the first place um it's just yeah it doesn't need to exist um, I feel much more kindly towards it than that, and I will give it uh, five clown holes because it's fine. Like, it's not objective. You know, it's, I'm not, like, mad at it. It's just, like, not really great. So, like, there's a few things that I thought I, that were cool or improvements, and there's some nice performances, and, like, I, did, I also liked the, um, the other side effects. Um and yeah, I mean, we'll talk about how it kind of fits in the franchise after, but uh, go ahead, mm-hmm. please. Um, I will give this two and a half clown holes. Um, <laughs> I, I saw this film less than 24 hours ago, <laughs> um, and I've had to fight to keep this in my yeah, brain. It's already disappearing. Yep. It is yep. like I had to take extensive notes or else... I this film would be gone from my memory forever. I can't it believe I just a nothing. I already forgot the tub thing. Like I, 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 <laughs> yeah. as soon as you said, like, I was like, oh, "That's your you. favorite part." I, I was so like, "Oh, Tyler's gonna be so happy." I know, I never, no, as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, it did." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it two hidden clown holes. I think it's probably a little bit better than that, but. I also think with the talent that is involved with this movie, it's just completely wasted. It, I think that if you have, I, I love on paper if you're telling me, oh, Sam Rockwell's playing the Craig T. Nelson character and Rosemary DeWitt's playing, you know, the the uh, I just forgot her name, Joe Beth, Mary Joe Beth Williams, Joe Beth Williams. Um, that's that's amazing on paper. Oh, Jared Harris, like that's that's yeah. I mean, white guy, but fine. Um, yeah, and I it just it feels squandered, and I thought that. The other side stuff did look like a Silent Hill video game from, like, 1996. <laughs> Fair. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, it does, it's, it was highly unnecessary. Well, uh, yeah, um, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of the end. But before we, you know, wrap up the franchise, we got to, you know, figure out what we kind of thought as far as the rankings. Right, right, right. For the, for the series. So, uh do you want to start? Yeah, I, I sort of. I think that that the there's no comparison. The first one is just an absolute classic and fantastic, and uh, very much worth watching. And there's a lot of interesting stuff behind it as Bitch, well. You gotta watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I know you might be like already over Poltergeist I, at this point, but I think you should just go. It's really, it's ritual. real good. <laughs> Can I go ahead and give my rankings real fast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely got to be um, uh, Poltergeist remake. Uh, Poltergeist. Three back in the habit. Uh, Poltergeist seven, Poltergeist delivery service, uh, and then Joker. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that, that that's not even close. I think that uh, thir- uh, Poltergeist three is second for me. I think that then it goes two. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in two, but when grandma comes out and uh, vanishes, <laughs> I was just like, fuck you. Like, that, like I, I hate that. I think that the ending's super lame for that one. Uh, and then I think 
the TV show for <laughs> for the I think I think legacy because you get um, you get the priest who had sex with a woman and she killed herself because of it yeah. and uh, and and the uh, the the demon umbilical cord oh, and yes. then uh, this very forgettable what's this one called this last one oh wait it's just poltergeist. <laughs> Polter colon guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Polter guys. Yeah. <laughs> Elis, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm almost the same. Obviously, the first one is the best. Um, I, I like kind of go back and forth between two and three. It's really hard. I know at the time I was like all in on three, but I think since then I've kind of been like, I don't know, Kane is so cool like, yeah. and the original actor that played him is so cool and that part is so amazing, but I think in the end, I still maybe like Tangina more. So I'm going to go one, three, two, and then I'll, I'll watch this rather than the TV show. So four and then the TV show. Cause I actually watched more episodes of that TV show than you guys did. Yeah. And trust me, it did not get better. The first okay. episode was so great though. Yep. Nope. Like by the third time she was getting raped by a demon, I was like, no more. <laughs> like, so I'd rather watch this and see Sam Rockwell's yeah. eyes become glassy. You think you, you think she'd quit the team at that point? You'd think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go Poltergeist original for number one, of course. And then I'm going to just go uh, Poltergeist 2 because... Oh, you love grandmas. I love grandmas. You love, you love Native American. I don't like grandpas. I don't like, gra- I don't like well, grandpas. You're, you're a sweetie boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're a little sweetie boy. Yeah, she's so car, nice. Car angry. I... Okay, that part, the grandma thing was stupid, but uh, I, I, I lament the decrease in the uh, effectiveness of the effects in the third film, and I... A person I, climbs out of a corpse in that movie. Yeah, but I don't... I still and like... And then the penguin throws cars I at them. I still <laughs> like the crazy worm thing into a crawling dude yes. on the ground. Oh, right. it is that cool. was still better than it is, that's the best effect, that's the best effect of the entire yeah, series and i think that just you know after watching the shot factory blu-ray about yeah. how they did that is very impressive and yeah i think that that is just a uh that is a leg up for me um and then three and then i'm gonna put the tv show because it was fucking nuts and i yeah. la- laughed a lot uh and uh this was just another uh you know someone Colored in uh, black and white. It was it was ju- it was literally like, hey, have this Big Mac. Yeah, it's exactly. like cool. All right, well, I'm gonna go like do the rest of my day now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is kind of a nothing movie. So, yeah. so what's the future of Poltergeist? Well, uh, according to the Wikipedia, it says that on April 10th, 2019, it was announced that the Russo brothers would helm a new remake of the franchise. Dun dun dun. Oh damn. Which I don't know if that's true or not because I because they have like twenty thousand different projects. Well, yeah, it's weird because I looked at this before. Um, it Wikipedia links to a bloody disgusting article, but that article says that it was announced in this kind of like MGM thing um, on Deadline, and I went huh. to that article and it says nothing about Poltergeist. So, <laughs> so I don't know. If that's... I think it's it has something to do with like MGM just being like. Literally do anything with this bag of IP right. we have, yeah. and they were like, uh, "Poltergeist, maybe." Yep. Yeah. So I don't know if it's actually something that's happening, you know. And then prior to that, people had been kicking around the idea of a Kane prequel for a really long time, like mm. a just about Kane movie, like a I like a, like a like. Tremors Old West, something yeah. about just the about legacy Kane. of Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something I can hear yeah. it in there. Yeah. I I think that there is always. 
going to be room in horror. I think the thing that was really wonderful about the first one is that it took place in a, tr- a brand new tract home, which is what I grew up in. And it felt like there's nothing ever scary that could happen here because there's nothing. No, there's no history here. Ghost stories need some sort of history and need some sort of story. And I was like, nope, there was a, it was a empty, empty barren field. And now there's a house. And so I think that there's always a way to find a history or finding a new way to tell a ghost story in a modern world. And I think that if that was the uh, thrust of the new Poltergeist series, I'd be very keen to to jump back in. Would there have been any value or could there be any value in a recasting of Carol Ann as an adult by some actress and somehow she has kids now or Craig T. Nelson is there as grandpa or whatever. Well, like, is there any yeah. value me, in that? Me personally... Uh, having just deep dive into this whole thing, I would be super excited about that. Yeah, I don't know about what Joe General Public would you, person would you be? Would you be excited about that uh, as an Amazon Prime show where she uh, heads the research department at the university now for paranormal activities? And she hunts down ghosts. She hunts down yes. ghosts. Yes, that's what we were saying yeah. every time. Is that we wish she had obviously right. not passed because we wanted to see and Caroline then, grow up. And then there's a frighteners type of thing where they have a CG hologram Tangina that uh, gives her advice throughout the episode. Yeah. It's, like a buddy, it's like a buddy cop. <laughs> <laughs> she's got the ghost specs and everything. Yeah. yeah, and it, like the first time, like they live together, it's like an odd couple thing too. And then like she has to do all the cleaning. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that would be really funny. I'm gonna go pitch this tomorrow. I'll be fine. <laughs> go for, call up the Russo brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Poltergeist is a haunted house movie, mm-hmm. uh, and there has been multiple better haunted house movies out. So yep. if they're gonna remake it again, they I think they got to really step up and. Like, you know, the conjuring, the, the conjuring and Insidious, both better movies. And yeah. I don't think there's really, I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but a movie that really nails the, like, creepiness of our relationship to technology and yeah. electricity. Mm. Like, yeah. it's something that is sort of touched on in the original Poltergeist, but not really. And the, here they had an opportunity to do it more and just dropped it. And I, and then I, you know, there's other movies like that. Kristen Bell one or other crazy dumb movies where electricity is involved, but I can't think of one that like really hits it well. Cause I mean, maybe twin peaks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it would be a really cool, like, like an early electricity, like, like, like the first house that had electricity and it has like a bunch of weird stuff. Like I like a period piece like that would be really fun. What if it turns out that's what the current war is when it comes right. out and they yeah. just been tricking us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tesla summoned ghosts. Oh, that would be so great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, that's the end of the Poltergeist franchise for yeah. now. And, uh, you know, we... we the series is clean. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> the series is clean. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're coming out of the Halloween times and into, uh, you know, a little bit more family-friendly friendly fare. <laughs> family-friendly. Family-friendly. Some heartwarming um, material. And uh, we just thought, like, why not just go hard in the other direction <laughs> and talk about a Cinderella story? Yeah. <laughs> so Hillary Duff and Chad Michael Murray fans, get ready. Get ready. ready. I don't know anything about these movies. What's the, what's the elevator pitch for a Cinderella story? It's Cinderella, but now. I see. Yeah, yeah I was like, a Cinderella story. So, she, so, she, so she gets, like, a glass converse or something like that. 
<laughs> you have no idea what you've just said, and we should immediately move on. Okay. All righty. <laughs> well, uh, we're looking forward to watching the five Cinderella Story movies Ooh. over the next couple of weeks. Um, but before we go, we just have to say thank you to Mitch Thompson for being here. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Oh, I have to say thank you. This was a blast. I love <laughs> this. Uh, and I hope to get a call when you do the Bring It On franchise. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, so where can people follow Blind Covers? Um, so you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Blind Covers LA or on Instagram at just Blind Covers or uh, YouTube.com slash Blind Covers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you guys don't forget to check out uh, the new Blind Covers episode coming out on Friday. Yeah, very excited. And Eliz, where can people keep in touch with us? Yeah, um, please email us, sequelrights at gmail.com with your suggestions for other franchises and find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Write in your episode pitches for The Real Adventures of Carol Ann uh, <laughs> and we will read them on air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, until then, uh, Tyler, I really look forward to going to the ball with you next week <laughs> as we watch a Cinderella story. Aww. Aww.